Lord this morning. Let's give it up for Jesus this morning. Ah, right, come on, let's do it a little bit better than that. Come on, let's give it up for the Lord this morning. Yes! You came to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. Well, I want to tell you, I want you to do something. If, hey, if you're a guest this morning, we want to welcome you. Let's welcome our guests this morning in the house. Those that are watching online, we thank you for joining us this morning. It's so awesome. And listen, if you would do us a favor, in the front of you, in the pew in front of you, there's a little card that's got my mug on it. It's got my lovely bride's face, beautiful picture on it and everything. Oh, she's blushing already. I love it. And so, but anyway, if you could fill that out and drop it in the offering plate at the end of the service as you leave, I would appreciate that so much to kind of record your visit. It's so good to have each and every one of you here with us this morning. So what I want you to do this morning is I want you to open up your Bibles. Get into your Bibles, open up your Bibles, and go to Matthew chapter 22. It's so great to be here this morning. It's great to hear. Y'all came ready to worship this morning? Hey, that's what we're going to talk about this morning, is we're going to talk about worship. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we will get started this morning. Father, Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that we can come in your presence. Lord, with thanksgiving in our heart, God, to know that you've given us another day. Lord, you got us up. Lord, you looked out for us last night as we were comatose in our beds. And, Lord, you just watched out for us. And, Lord, what a, what a blessing that is, God. And I'm just so grateful for everybody coming out today. I'm grateful for those that are sitting here. I'm also grateful for those that are online, back at home watching, Lord, just being safe. And, Lord, we just give you praise for how you just watch out for each and every one of us. We thank you for answered prayer. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in our life. Lord, may the anointing of God just touch our hearts and touch your minds and fill this place this morning God as we worship you as we praise you this morning and God I just give you praise and honor and glory if there's anyone here and anyone online that doesn't know you as Savior this morning it's my prayer God that you'd reach down and grab their heart Lord and draw them to you God and they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and as their Lord and Father we just give you praise and honor and glory we thank you for our guests in the house this morning just pray God that they experience you above everything else it's not about what this preacher says but it's about your presence lord through this preacher and in the lives of everybody that's sitting here in your hearing as we lift up as we lift up your word father lord this morning we just give you praise for it all for it's in jesus name and all god's people said what amen amen, amen. so hey listen hills church doesn't that sound good i love that it sounds good don't it sound good and listen, as we're getting into uh, Hills Church, there's some things that we're trying to learn. I want to be able, to, as a, your pastor, to cast a vision because we know but where there is no vision, what happens? The people perish, man. You guys are good. That's awesome. You read your Bibles. That's what that tells me. And that's good. And so that's just awesome. So listen, uh, our vision, the vision for the Hills Church, I want you to get used to this. It says to love God and love others until we all reach what? The unity of the faith. On earth and in heaven. So that's it. Let's say it one more time. I like it. It's to love God and love others until we all reach the unity of the faith on earth and in heaven. And then next we have a mission statement. How do we do that? How do we do that? That's what the mission statement is. is how to do that, right? And we're going to explain it today with the first B, right? It's here to have a place to believe, a place to belong, and a place to become all that Jesus has taught us in his perfect word. Striving for what? For that unity of the faith. So it's a place to believe. Let me hear it. A place to believe, a place to belong, and a place to become. Right? 
And today, our focus is going to be on that word believe. What does it mean to believe? What does it mean? Why do we want to use the word believe here? And so as we go through today, I want you to keep that in your mind, the focus of your mind. It's going to be like Bible study time in the house this morning. Lord, how many of you like Bible study? Amen? Good. And we're going to do that this morning. So last week, this is what we talked about. If you have your notes, I already filled the blanks in for you. It says there are three foundational aspects of our lives that God desires that you and I discover, right? And this is what he says. He says, it says this. Number one is what? Our identity. Man, who, who God made you to be. You know, when I think about the vision and the mission, you know, it makes me, makes me want you to think about your own personal vision and your own personal mission. What is your vision? What is your mission? What has God specifically told you to do? How has he shaped you? What is your identity in Jesus Christ? And so not only is this for the corporate body of believers, but this is also individually for you and for me. You need to find out what is your identity in Christ? How does Jesus, how does he mold you? How does he make you? How does he shape you to serve him and serve others? How does he do that? And so when you think about your identity, I want you to be thinking about that. Number two is our call. You know, that each and every one of us have a call. Not just your pastor has a call, but listen, every person, there is a call on your life to serve the living God. And there's a call where he wants to specifically use you to reach somebody else, to serve somebody else, to touch somebody else's life. Amen? There should be. There should be a call. There's a call in your life. If you've never experienced the call, man, be searching for it. I pray, it's my heart, that you just pray and you go in your face before the Lord and you say, God, what is, what is my purpose? What is my reason? What is my call? What have you designed for me to do? And then thirdly, our timing. Like, when do we do it? When do we do it? And we talked about these things last week. We also talked about uh, how God wants me to center my life around him. God wants me to center my life around him. You know what that is? That is worship. That's what we're going to be discussing today. How do we center, how, how's the God's to be the center of our life, of our affection, of everything, you know? God needs to be the center of all of our lives. And not just on Sunday morning, right? We come in here and sometimes we put him like, okay, God's the center of my life. Sunday morning for an hour and a half, boom, here it is. God, you're the center of my life. And then a lot of times we walk out the doors and what happens? Then all of a sudden God's not the center of your life anymore. Uh, say, me, 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 myself, and I is the center of my life, right? And so, but that's not the design that God had for each and every one of us. God wants to be the center of our life, not only in church, but out of church, no matter where we go. If we're on the golf course swinging a golf club, as I've done with some of our guests here a couple weeks ago, you know, God wants us, he wants to be the center of our very life and affection in everything that we do. So we're going to talk about how God wants me to center my life around him, which is what, folks? What is that called? Worship. That's exactly right. That's what it is. Number two, God wants me to learn how to what? Love his family. Are we not family here this morning? I know we're out all together because we've got a lot of folks that are at home watching it online. But listen, you're still family. It doesn't matter how much we're separated. We are part of the family of God. If we're born again, blood-bought believers in Jesus Christ, he says that we are the church. The church isn't the facility, although we call it a church. But what we are is, listen, this right here, where we're at, you and me as believers, we are of the family of God. And there's only one big old family that Jesus has, Amen. And then they're blood-bought because of Jesus, right? All because of Jesus. And so we need to do what? We need to be part of his family, which means we fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. fellowship. 
Man, that's another call or purpose that God has for us. And then number, number three, God wants me to cultivate spiritual maturity. Cultivate spiritual maturity. This is called discipleship. This is where you're doing it right now. As I'm teaching you, you're learning, and you are disciples of the Lord and living Jesus Christ, and you're to learn everything that God has for you to learn. That's why the church exists. That's part of the reason why the church exists. Not only to seek out those, to see people saved, but also for the training. That's part of my job as your pastor, to equip all the saints to do what? The work of the ministry. Thus, I'm up here preaching a message, but I'm doing a teaching message so that you guys will learn what it means to follow Jesus, to follow his word, and live it out as a lifestyle for living every single day, right? And so we're going to do that. And so discipleship. And then number four, God wants me to contribute something back. Now, when I say contribute, this is what I mean. I mean ministry. Everybody say ministry. Ministry, exactly. Ministry is, man, what you do is outside of yourself and serving and helping and being a servant to others. In fact, the very word ministry means service. It means servant. You are a servant of the living Lord Jesus Christ. That's your call. That's part of your calling. All of our calling is to be servants, and we are to do and perform ministry because that's service. And I've always said, I, when, you're, when you're serving, uh, if, if you're serving, you're doing really good. You're not swerving, right? So if you're not serving, then guess what you're doing? You're swerving. You're just kind of meandering along in the wilderness, and that's what you're doing. But you need to be serving other people. You need to be finding opportunities to serve Jesus Christ so that other people will come to know him through your very life as you live it out. It's so important for us to do that, and I just want to encourage you to do that. Serving, serving the Lord. That's what you want. Ministry is what it's about. And then finally, number five, God wants me to do what? Tell others. He wants me to tell others about his love. That's being a witness, right? How many of you are witnesses? Man, every hand should go up. I should see every hand go up. You're all our witness. Now, now the whole question would be is, are you a good one? <laughs> or are you a bad one? Right? Because if you're a bad one, you just kill your witness for Christ. If you're not being a good witness for Christ, if you're going out there getting upset because somebody cut you off and you just kind of like shake your fist at them, I'm being polite, and, you know, and whatever, you know, and listen, I know, listen, I'm preaching to my, this old big boy right here, you know, because I know sometimes we, Citrus County is like the worst sometimes, I think. You know, when I came down, I've got a motorcycle, right? I came down here with my motorcycle, and I, and I hadn't worked on it, you know, I hadn't driven it for a while because the carburetor was messed up, so I fixed it, right? So I had to go down to the insurance company to get insurance so I could ride it. Man, I walked into that insurance company right there in Inverness. I went up there, and I said, hey, man, I want to buy some motorcycle insurance, you know, for my motorcycle. The woman at the counter looks at me, and she goes, you don't read the paper, do you? I said, what? I said, no, ma'am. Actually, no, I don't. I don't read the paper. She says, do you know that Citrus County is the highest, uh, the highest case of fatalities for motorcycle incidents in the state of Florida? I said, What? I said, no way. So my motorcycle doesn't see daylight a whole lot, so it's still in my garage. Anyway, but we do, we do ride it every now and then. But anyway, but, but you know, so, so we've got to sit here and listen. We've got to tell others about Jesus. I don't even know where I was going with that. That was like squirrel. So anyway, but we've got to tell others about Jesus. We've got to tell him about Jesus. Tell people. We've got to be a witness. We've got to be a good witness. Not a bad witness. God has a design for us to be a great witness. That's called evangelism. 
If you ever want to know what the word evangelism means, that is, it's being a witness, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to others through your conversation, listen, through your conduct to how you live your life, and through your character, your personal character should radiate Jesus Christ from within yourself. That's the way it should be in your life. Your conversation, conduct, and character, we are witnesses. So we talked about five callings or five purposes of the church, which is worship, ministry, witnessing, fellowship, and discipleship. Those are five important uh, purposes that God has for you and for I in the church, in the body of Christ to live out. And this is what I love about What I love about it is if, we're not, if there's anything that we do that falls outside of those five purposes, we don't need to be doing it. Because this is what Jesus, this, this cuts out lots of arguments. Well, pastor, why don't we do this? Or why don't we do that? Well, because this, if it's not worship, if it's not ministry, if it's not evangelism, if it's not fellowship, if it's not discipleship, we just don't do it. We just throw it away. Because this is God's word. And you're going to see it as we go along here this morning. Worship ministry. These callings of purpose are discovered around two very familiar passages in the New Testament. And here's where we pick up in Matthew chapter 22. I want us to read together verse 37. You can see it on the screen. You open your word. It would be awesome. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Everybody probably knows it by heart. Yeah, I know you've heard it a lot from me on this up at the pulpit here. But it's, in a, it's the great commandment. Everybody say great commandment. So that means it's not an option, right? That means it's not something that you, you might do or might not do, right? This is a command it is a command there's a reason why it's called the great commandment and this is what this is a thou shalt it says and he said to them in verse 37 he says you shall love the lord your god with all your what your heart with all your soul and with all your mind all your heart with all your emotions with everything that you are your heart is the seat of your very emotions and you love him with all of your heart. Everything that you are within your heart, within your emotions, your affections, your, everything is on God. It's your focus. It's on God. It's on him. It's on who he is. It's on what he's done. It's what he's delivered you from. And you look at him, and you're so grateful for the heart that you have for God. All your heart. All your heart. Everything that you are. And then it says all your soul. Your soul is your person. It's who you are. There's Brother Paul back there. I know him. I met him the other day. And I look at Paul, and I could tell, man, he's a lover of Jesus. I could tell just being with him five minutes and watching him swing and, and maybe shank one and, and, and say, praise the Lord. Right? So anyway, but, but I, just, I just know that he's a believer in Jesus Christ just from the very moment I got to meet this man. And so I'm very grateful for that. But his personality of who he is, all his soul, all his soul. I know he has a love for Jesus. I know you have a love for Jesus. Your soul is, identifies who you are as an individual. Not so much by our body, but our soul is who we are. There's only one Deneen. There's only one Pastor Phil. There's only one Carl. There's only one Wanda. There's only one individual unique person that God specifically designed. Listen, unique you. You're, you're, you're your own unique person. I'm getting excited already. So anyway, listen, you're unique. God made you. You're a one of a kind. Isn't that? That's right. That's, that was kind of, I don't know, that was kind of sort of semi, all right. You know? so, but you are. You're unique you. And you were designed for a purpose for God. Never forget that. He made you, you, for a reason. To bring glory to him. That's your soul. And with all your mind. 
with all your thinking, with everything that you are, put the thinking caps on this morning. Your mind, you're to love Jesus with what? All your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Deuteronomy says, and with all your strength, with all your might. It kind of covers it all. It covers everything. You're to love him, right? He said, this is the great and first commandment. The greatest commandment and the first commandment. And he said, the second is like it. He said, what? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. When he says, love your neighbor as yourself, he says, love your neighbor the exact same way that you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You ever think about that? Do we love our neighbors the way that we love God? It should translate to that. Love God with everything that you are, which means, Lord, I love you, and I love this hard-to-get-along-with neighbor with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's a challenge, isn't it? You know why it's a challenge? Because you can't do it. You cannot do it. In and of yourself, you can't do it. You've got to allow God to do it through you. He wants to teach you to show you. He wants to show you that he is. He wants to show you that he is mighty. He wants to show you that he is as close as the mention of his name in your life. He wants to give you direction for your life. He wants to show you the way. He wants, you, he wants to show you how to properly love the unlovable. He wants to do that for you this morning. And I want you just to think about, man, this is worship. This is all worship. Every bit of this is worship. Loving God, loving people. It's all worship in God. And listen, and he says, these two commandments depend on the whole law and the prophets. Jesus had a way of tying in the Old Testament with the New Testament, right? If I asked you right now to write down the Ten Commandments, can you write them down? The Ten Commandments, listen, the whole the law. So we can look, there's more law than just the Ten Commandments, but listen, the Ten Commandments are really the foundation of everything else, right? So you're to what? You're to love God, right? No other gods before you. I want you to see something This why he would say that these two commandments are so great. These two commandments are great, because he, and he ties them together with the Old Testament, and I want to show you why. Because there no, should be no other gods before you. Right? Number two, you shouldn't make a graven image. Right? You don't worship any idols. You only worship God, the one true God. There's only one God, and he's the true God, and you worship him every single day. And you don't worship graven images. A lot of people think idols are statues, but your idol can be your job. Your idol can be your recreation. Your idol can be whatever it is that you put before God. And so you've got to think about that. Listen, make no idols. Just take, listen, do not take the Lord's name in vain. Number three, do not take the Lord's name in vain. You should never express God's name out of just expressing it for no reason. It's not even just saying the cuss words. It's just saying... Taking God's name in vanity where you don't do it for no purpose, just to say it. Maybe you hit your thumb with a hammer. And you take the Lord's name. We should not do that, right? And then, and then he says this, and he says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. For the Jews, the Sabbath was on Saturday. The reason that we worship on Sunday is when Jesus resurrected from the grave. And this is why we worship on Sunday. He rose from the dead. We've we got to honor the Sabbath. We honor our Jesus. We honor Jesus. He's the living Lord and Savior of our soul. And he rose from the dead on Sunday morning. Amen? He did. And so when I look at those aspects, when I look at these aspects of the Ten Commandments, this is you, your, I want to say, is yours and mine vertical relationship with God. 
When we concentrate on this and we worship him, our focus is directly to him. It's tied to him. It's straight away to him. These first four commands bring us in a vertical relationship. We have to look up and we have to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And we've got to honor him. There's no other gods. There's no graven images in my life, Lord. Listen, I don't take your name in vain. I don't say your name for nothing, for no reason whatsoever. Lord, I want to honor your day. I want to honor your day, your holy day, where we come together and we worship you. I want to honor that. And then the, then the rest of them, right? Honor your father and mother. Do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery, do not lie, do not covet. Those things, listen, all those things are a horizontal relationship with mankind. So your first four is our vertical relationship with God, but then God, the rest of his commands, listen, he lays them out for our, our horizontal relationship with each other. And so it's important. So that's why he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The first four commands right there. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the rest of the commands right there. It's vertical and it's horizontal. And, that, and we need to understand that. We need to get that in our DNA. We need to get it every time. So the great commandment is something that we must follow. It's something that we, must, we are commanded to do by a holy God that you're going to stand before one day. Or maybe be on your face before one day, right? Amen. Worshiping him. Worshiping him. The second uh, passage of verses is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. Matthew 28. He says, Go therefore and make what? Disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And he says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The call of Hill's church in fact, the call of any New Testament church today is this, is, is by the living word of God are these five callings or these five purposes. And, and, and it's for you as an individual too. You need to worship God. You need to be, you need to be a disciple. You need, listen, you need to evangelize. You need to witness. You need to do ministry. You need to fellowship. All those things. They're individual, but they're collectively for all of us as a church, the Hills Church, and for any New Testament church for that matter. When you look at this, I want you to follow me now. Worship. When you look at this, worship. Look at the scriptures that go along. These two sets of scriptures go along with those five purposes. This is where I get them from. This is where I get them from. Worship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Right? That's, that's your vertical. That's your worship. That's what it means to worship God. You love God with all your heart. Therefore, there's nothing that he doesn't lead you to do every day of your life as you're going. Ministry. Ministry, look, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see it? When you love your fellow mankind, then you're going to serve him, which means you're going to do ministry. That's where ministry comes in. Y'all see it? Make sure you write it down. Witnessing or evangelizing. In Matthew 28, he says, go, right? He says, go ye, right? He doesn't say sit ye, right? He says, go ye, right? And do what? And make disciples. So here we are. What is it? Go and make disciples. That's the call to evangelize. That's the call to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And we need to do that. Look at fellowship. Fellowship. Look at this. And he says, go and make disciples. Doing what? Of all nations, baptizing them. When we baptize, a lot of times, you know, we'll get up there and we'll say, well, baptism is a symbol of the inward change of a person's heart. And it absolutely is. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of the living Lord Jesus Christ in the life of somebody who believes and trusts in Jesus' death on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins. 
When you receive Jesus as Savior, we go and we follow in obedience. It's the first act that you do in obedience to the Lord's command to be baptized. So we take you up here in the baptismal pool, and we pray for you, and you are being an outward profession of the inward change that you've received Jesus as your Savior. And when you do that, it's down with the dead man into the water, and you come up with the new. And so, and, and you're anew, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's a symbol, an outward symbol of what that is. And so that's why we do it, baptizing. But here's the other thing about baptism. It identifies you and me with the entire body of Christ. That's fellowship. That's fellowship. So we're identified with one another through baptism. We do that. And we do that in other ways as well. We fellowship anytime we get together. This is fellowship. You guys talk to each other before we leave and after. We're talking about the Lord. We're praying. We're lifting up. Our focus is on worshiping the Lord this morning. And then lastly, discipleship. What does he say? Not only baptizing them, right, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also 20, it says, teaching them to what? To observe all that he has commanded you. And then he says, I'm with you always until the end of the age, until he comes back again. So discipleship is teaching them to obey. So there's your five callings or purposes or whatever you want to call them of what we are supposed to be about individually as christians but also collectively as his church amen it's very good and we will certainly apply these principles to the hills church now that was my introduction <laughs> no 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 but anyway but listen listen we're going to go through this here so we will certainly apply these principles to the hills church and that you will learn what it means to have a place to what to believe a place to belong, and a place to become. We believe what? In Jesus. We worship him. Believe. A place to, listen, belong is we gather together in small groups and stuff, and we're discipled by Jesus Christ. And a place to become, become what? We become ministers, hear me? Ministers and evangelists and servants to other people. A place to become. This is what we are to become as we gather together. We go out here to serve, right? That's what we do. A place to believe in God, a place to become, fellowship, discipleship together, learning the principles and the precepts of God, and then, listen, and a place to become. Become what? We come. We go out here, and we minister and evangelize the gospel of Jesus Christ, making Jesus famous to a lost and dying world. We must do that. And so here we go. Number one, you want to write in, here goes your fill in the blank. So we're going to concentrate on our worship today. And that's a place to what? Believe. Right? Believe in there. This is all about worship. And so from here on out, we're going to talk about worship. Worship is celebrating God's presence and honoring him with our lifestyle. That's what worship is. We are celebrating. We are here to celebrate God's presence, right? And listen, we are to go and live and honor him. We, we honor him when we live the lifestyle that he has called us to live. That's what we do. This is our reason for existence. There's no other reason for our existence. We're here to glorify God with our body, with our mind, with our heart, with our soul, with every square inch of who we are. We're here to bring glory to God every single day of the week until he takes us home. Romans 12, 1 says this, and this is where it makes it very personal. He says, therefore, he said, I urge you, brethren and sistren, right, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, what, 
a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual or reasonable act of service of worship. Your life individually should be an attitude of worship. Every step that you take in your life should be an attitude of worship. There should be a thought process for God. There should be something. You should be thinking about God. You should get up in the morning, spend time with the Holy God. Listen, that's the best way that I know how to do it. When I get up in the morning, first thing I do is I get my cup of coffee, and I have coffee with the Lord. I sit down, open up the good book, open up the Bible, the Word of God, so that God would speak into my heart, show me His precepts, show me His principles, so, so I can have a glorious, great day. And during that time, I put on that whole armor of God so God would protect me. And the only way you can put the whole armor of God is you've got to open up Ephesians 6 and you've got to put it on. And most of you probably don't put it on in the morning. And then you go out there defenseless. You go out there and you're open to the devil. And he hits you upside the head. And you go, ah, Pastor Bill preached on the whole armor of God. I need to put it on, right? So it's something to think about. We need to think about putting on the whole armor of God. We need to Think about being in the Word of God. We must be in His Word. He says, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. That's what it is. And it, we do this in everything we do. Why? Why do we do it, church? Why do we do it? Give me one good reason that you want to do this. Because we love God, right? Was it on the screen? <laughs> yeah. i give you the answers, right? We love God, right? And we desire to do what? Honor him with what? Now, when I say lifestyle, what am I talking about? Everything you do. Every word that comes out your mouth. Every action that you commit to. Everything that you do. Man, you want to honor God with the lifestyle of how you live your life. You should be exposing Jesus everywhere you go. When people look at you, they should see, <laughs> they should sense there's something different in you today. That there's something different in, man, there's something different in, in, in Brother Frank. There's something different in him. There's something about him. Can't quite put my thumb on it, but man, if I ask him, I'm sure he'll tell me, right? Amen, Frank? Amen. Brother Frank over here tell you too. I got a couple Franks in here this morning. But that's so cool. Isn't that cool? That's what we're supposed to do, right? We desire to honor him with our lifestyle. Listen, folks, there is power and purpose of praise and worship. I want you to hear me this morning. This is the heart of my message this morning. It's about worship. It's about praise. Praise and worship. It's very important for you and I to praise and worship God. It's so important for us to do that. These are weapons of our warfare. Man, when we praise and we worship God, listen, we invoke the power of God in our soul, in our life, in everything that we are. He's in us and he's with us and he's upon us to do battle against the enemy. He's there and we praise and we worship him in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the battles, even in the times when things are great and you're sitting on the ridge of a mountain and things are going great. Man, this is, these are what some people don't believe in praise and worship. You know how I know that? I know that. You can tell by their faces. We come into church, and sometimes we'll sit here, and we're like, our mind is somewhere else. Or our mind is on, well, I wonder what sermon preacher's going to preach today. Right? Or I wonder what songs we're going to sing. Boy, I sure didn't like them songs last week. Right? Sometimes we were thinking about other things. Man, that's the devil. The devil's trying to get you sidetracked so you don't think about God. 
alone. You come to church to worship what? The one true God who gave you life, who gave you breath, who made you in his image so that you would be an image bearer all around the world. We're image bearers. That's why he made us in his image. And we must think about that. I know it's hard sometimes. The world will get you frustrated. The world will get you distracted. You can watch news and be totally just like, ah, what is this? They need Jesus. And they ain't going to get Jesus unless we show them and tell them about Jesus. Amen? We've got to do it. We've got to do it in every way. Every way. Sometimes we go out there and we're stoic. We're immovable. I'm not singing today. I just don't feel like it. Right? Been there. Got the t-shirt. Done it. Right? Amen? Listen, God, listen. <laughs> Why is this happening? What does that happen? Because it's all about you. And it's not about him. And God wants you to be all about him. Man, he has a way of bringing you out from where you're at. You, know, you never give God praise or glory. Even though God has been very good to you. God has been so good to you. How many of you have been saved from a sinful past? Amen. You know that if you continue, you would have been dead. God saved your life. He rescued you by snatching you out of the fires of hell. And Titus would say, man, I'm telling you. God is a great God. He's helped us. The reality is that when we look over our life, God has done so much for each and every one of us in this room. Amen? I'm glad I could see my brother out there who took a spill on a motorcycle. He's sitting on that back pew. Although you would have been it with Jesus, I get that. But it's good to see you here, brother, because God ain't done with you yet. He's got some things that need to be done. He's got some things. His name has got to be famous to the world. We've got to do that. So I want to give you a couple definitions, a definition of praise. I did have a question, though. How many of you, when's the last time you've been in Bible study? I want you to think about this. Think about your worship. Listen, man, I know we have a couple teachers here, awesome, incredible teachers. Brother Ferrier was a school teacher for 30-some years. He knows how to teach, let me tell you. He brings the word on Sunday night at 6. Brother Gary, he's a pastor for like 30-some years. He knows how to teach, and he does it on Wednesday night. Man, when you come in this house, man, it should be all about God and worshiping him in every way. Let me give you a definition of praise. Here it is. The definition of praise is an act of worship by acknowledging the virtues and deeds of a person. All right? Now think about this. Now some of you, I can look at you, some of you grew up in the era of Elvis Presley. Right? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> In the age of Elvis Presley, Elvis the pelvis, right? That's what they called him, right? And now I remember, how many of you seen the videos, right? Man, like he's at the Louisiana Hayride. He's up there doing his thing, shaking his leg and all that stuff, right? And then, and then what happens with the camera? It pans the crowd, right? To all these young ladies down here in the front. And what are they doing? Man, who said swooning? Somebody say swooning over here. Uh, I haven't heard that term in a while. Swoon. Listen, man, they're like crying. They're pulling their hair out. They're screaming. Ah, you, know, they're, you know, listen, listen, and, and listen. And even for the young people, Michael Jackson, he was a big one. Man, I've seen videos of Michael Jackson on the stage, and there's 20,000 people in the stadium. They're in the stadium in there, and he's up there doing his moonwalk and doing his singing, and then all of a sudden they pan the crowd. What do they see? 
All these girls down there bawling their eyes out, passing out on the floor. Oh, I mean, I watched, I mean, Elvis would give, give a, a, um, what are those things you put around your neck um, when you're in Hawaii? Yeah, lays. They put a lay, he puts a lay on their neck and kisses them and they're like, they drop dead, right? So anyway, there they are, right? So some of you might have been like that a few years ago, right? Maybe. Maybe some of you like Michael Jackson like that. I don't know. But listen, you know what they're doing though? Think about this. What are they doing? They're worshiping. They're worshiping that person. They're giving praise to that person. And I say this with all the love. You know, sometimes I wonder, what's missing? What's missing in our worship to a holy God who gave you life and breath and rescued your life from eternal separation from him, your creator? He rescued you. You know? What, what would cause you to not want to sing to his glory? What would cause you to not want to read his word every morning? What would cause you to not want to do the things that God would have you to do? Why, where is your love relationship with God right now? Man, listen, you overcome only because of the grace and the mercy of a holy God who loved you and gave his life for you and for me. For me, I'm preaching to myself, folks. Listen, it, it breaks my heart when I think about how I worship at times. And it's easy to forget. We don't get bad. We got a holy God. Listen, listen, he's going to take us out of this world one day. We're going to drop dead or he's going to snatch us out, one of the two. But whichever way it is, listen, I got a feeling you're going to be pretty, shouldn't be surprised, but we will always be surprised because we're experiencing something we've never experienced before. And we're probably going to fall flat on our face as we worship the king. And you better not be hoping you made the right decision. Because if you're hoping you made the right decision, you didn't. That'll be a sad day. For him and for you. God wants us to worship him in spirit and truth. He wants us to praise it. It's an act of worship by acknowledging the virtues and deeds of a group. In other words, praise gives glory to God by talking about God to someone else. When you share God with somebody else, you're praising his name. You're praising him. It's like thing I said, oh man, listen, I thank God for healing me. I thank God for blessing me. I thank God for giving me that job. I thank God for giving me. When you tell people that, you're praising the Lord. You're bringing glory to holy God who gave you life and sustenance and everything that you need to live your life out. And provides for us every day, even when we're sleeping and we're comatose, as I prayed earlier. He's right there looking out for you with his loving hand protecting you. Anything could happen. I know people come to my house. I wouldn't even know it. So just think about that. God is always, 24-7, looking out for your best interest. Man, we thank God. He pulled you from something. How many? God pulled you from something, right? He pulled you out of something. In fact, Psalm 40, 1 through 3, listen to what David said. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He says, he brought me up out of the pit of destruction out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock making my footsteps what firm he put a new song in my mouth listen to david he put a new song a song of praise to our god he says many will see and fear it and will trust in the lord because of it man is that you does that describe your character does that describe your affection and your affinity for god listen david was all in he was the apple of god's eye he was still the apple of God's eye, even when he did wrong. You know why? Because he repented of that. 
and made it right with God. He still did. Praise acknowledges the virtues and deeds of a holy God, no matter where we are. Amen? That's true. Let's look at worship. Worship is when you go from talking about God to someone else, which is praise, right, to talking directly to God. Worship is talking directly to God. When you come in his house and we sing songs and we think about the word of God, what do we do? We're talking directly to God. Are you singing to God or are you just singing? It's something to think about this morning. Isn't it awesome? It's very good. Listen, telling him how thankful you are for what he has done directly to him. Amen? We need to do that. Some people think praise and worship is optional. Folks, it's not optional. It's not an option. Listen, it's a lifestyle. We just read Romans 12, 1. It's our reasonable act of worship. We should be responsible. We said, hey, listen, our lifestyle. I look for that day. Listen, people, I look for that day that, hey, listen, that, that we praise the Lord truly in the sense that he desires in our life. I used to tell my students, when I was a student pastor, I used to tell them this. I said, listen, listen. I said, before you come to church, you should have church at home. How many of you have church before you come to church? How many of you meet with a holy God before you come to church? You need to have church before you come to church. I look for the day when I see you can't hardly wait to get here and pull in this parking lot. That you're having church when you pull in a parking space out there. You can't hardly wait to get here because you want to get a word from God. You want to meet with God. You want to worship with God. You want to get it. You want to say, God, I want to get more of you. Listen, I can't get enough of you, God. When you pull in that parking lot, listen, your whole demeanor changes. Have church before you come to church. Listen, when you do that, then the faces are going to be awesome in here. <laughs> when you start realizing what he's done for you, how he saved you, how he's brought you from the miry pit and the clay, how he set your foot on the rock of Jesus, better than the rock of Gibraltar. It's his rock. It's him. And he leads you and guides you into everything that you are. Man, it's so good. You thank God out of the abundance of your heart in gratitude. Listen, because he alone has given you opportunity to worship and to praise him. He has given you that opportunity to do that. And so listen, I want to speak to you a little bit about it. Number one, praise is sacrifice. I'm going to write that in your thing. Number one, praise is sacrifice. Listen, Psalms 54, 6 says, Willingly I sacrifice to you. I give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. So David writes this here, Willingly I sacrifice to you. Freely sacrificing, giving yourself up to him every single time. We need to do that. Sometimes, sometimes we'll give a little hand clap of praise, and we'll give a little, little golf match clap. Listen, sometimes preachers got to go up there, hey, man, let's give praise to the Lord, you know? I mean, like I did earlier, and I had to do it again. You all got louder. It was awesome. But here's the thing. You don't need a cheerleader. God should be your cheerleader. You should praise God. Let it out. Let it fly. Sing it loud. Sing it proud. I don't care what you say, but make sure it's your sincere worship to a holy God. 
whatever it is. And if we would all do that, I'm telling you, brother, ain't no telling what would happen. He says, freely, willingly, sacrificially, given to him freely. We bring a sacrifice of praise to him, willingly. You must be willingly willing to give a sacrifice of praise to him. So the first one is praise is sacrifice. Number two, praise is God's pleasure, not ours. This is where we mess it up sometimes. In Revelations chapter 4, verse 11, listen to what it says that the people of Israel, it says, Worthy are you, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. That's amazing, man. I'm telling you. I was in a band. We used to travel around and sing called Born to Praise. We had a band where the ladies, we sang. Sister so Denine and I and two other ladies and their kids played the instruments. And we would travel up and down the east coast of the United States and do different things. We'd come down here, there, everywhere. We went into a church one time called a Church in the Open Doors. And they would not allow the drums. No drums. No drums. And we were like, What? No drums. Y'all, y'all seen churches like that? No drums? Now listen, I want you to So I'm thinking about this. I'm like, so what are they thinking about Psalms 150? The 150th Psalm. Listen to what it says. It says in Psalms 150, verses 3 through 6, Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Oh, my. Praise Him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath, what? Praise the Lord. And he says, he, he emphasizes, praise the Lord. Everything. Praise is for Him. It's not for you. I think we forget that sometimes. We come in here sometimes, we say, you know, we need to sing more hymns, or we need to sing more modern songs, or whatever. No, we just need to sing to him. No matter what song we're singing. Get your heart set aside. Set your heart aside to worship him, to praise him. Focus your attention, your affection, everything on him. You come in here, I don't care what you're singing. Focus your attention on him. And I promise you, when you're focusing your attention on him, you're not going to sing wrong songs outside church either. Right? Because you're going to focus. You're going to worship him, spirit and truth. That's what we're supposed to do. We need to praise him. We celebrate the God who opened up every door for us. Amen? He opened up every door. He gave his life everlasting. It must be. Whatever we do must be for the audience of who? Of one and three persons. The audience of one in three persons. We need to do that. Number three, we praise him because, i got three parts of this. A, he is worthy. And all he has done for you and me, God made everything possible for you. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Psalms 18.3 says this, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Saved from many things. He has saved you and me from many things. Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. He is worthy. He is worthy of every ounce of praise that we can muster up in our life. Our life should be a lifestyle of praise to His glory thing, glorious name. B, He inhabits the praises of His people. Amen? 
Psalms 22, 3 says, Yet you are holy, O you who are enthroned upon the praises of the Israelites. He inhabits the praises of his people. Listen, we must wake up with praises on our lips in the morning. God, thank you. Thank you. Drive. Listen, we need to drive praising the Lord Jesus. You ever done that? I did that. I used to go into Fort Bragg, and I'd just drive on that highway, and I'd be listening to the song. Next thing you know, the Spirit of God's touching my heart. I'm singing loud and proud. People looking at me like I'm crazy. Tears are running down my eyes. Man, I'm worshiping the one true God. He's there. He's for me. He's delivered me. He's brought me out. He's set my foot on the rock, and I live for him. My life is living for him. We need to thank God for everything that we are. He lives in our praises. When you praise him, God lives in your praise. There's power in it. He does miracles in our praises. He does the power is manifested in it. His power is manifested in the praise and worship of God. There is power in that. Power to heal. Power to save. Power to deliver you from whatever it is. Speak the name. When you feel down, start praising, praising Jesus. Start lifting him up. Start praying. Start going to him, right? Man, Beverly has told me some of that. Some of her things where she's praised the Lord to bring her out of where she's at. Listen, some of you have told me, listen, thank God. Even when you call up and say, Pastor, can you pray for me? Yes, because we want to invoke, listen, we want to praise the Lord and invoke the power of God over what it is you're going through. And not that you are delivered from what you're going through, but that God's power is perfected in your weakness as you go through it. And when you go through it, listen, you know he's there. You know he's there and he's holding on to you as tight as he can hold on to you. Even if you let go, he holds on to you. He never lets you go, ever. That's the kind of God we serve. He never abandons. He never leaves us. He never walks away from us, ever. Unity is same mind and attitude in God. He loves to touch our hearts when we praise him earnestly. I mean, think about Jericho. Listen, Joshua went into Jericho, and they marched around the city of Jericho how many times? Once a day for seven days, and the seven times on the last day. And what did they do? They were quiet the whole time except for when? At the end, and they shouted in praise to a holy God. And what happened? The walls came down. Amen. There's archaeological evidence for that. You can go to Jericho today. You can see where the walls fell outward, not inward. It's amazing because we serve an amazing God. God means what he says. God says what he means, and we need to take it to heart, all of us. Jericho. We must be in one accord. He inhabits the praises of his people. He actually lives in our praise. He lives in your praise. Is he living in your praise today? He is worthy. He inhabits our praises. See, he has mighty deeds. Mighty deeds. Psalms 150, verse 2. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. God has met needs of all of us because of his mighty acts in our life. Has he not met your needs? Man, he's exceeded all our needs. I know that he has. Only God could have healed you. Only God could have healed you, Brother Frank. Only God could heal your marriage. Only God could heal your marriage. Only God could have given you the job that you have or had. Only God could have done that. 
Only God alone has provided everything that you need. Listen, he has saved you. He has sustained you. He walks with you. He talks with you. He gives you everything you have. And why does he do that? Look, here's, here's why he does this. 1 Peter 2.9. Listen, he says, but you are a chosen race. He chooses you. Listen, you didn't choose God. He chose you first. He drew you to him. And then you relinquish your control and you get saved. He drew you to him. Is he drawing you today? Is he coming after your heart? Is he squeezing your heart saying, you've got to respond. And you're going to respond, yes or no. Okay, God, I give up. Or, okay, God, next time. Right? We all make decisions in church. Even without talking. Without moving. Listen. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. A people of God's own possession. Why? Why are, are all these things applicable to you as a believer? Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The light of Jesus has come on you to cast out the darkness forever and ever and ever. Isn't that worth praising and worshiping God for? He has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He brought us out. Listen, he saved us. He redeemed us. He died for me. He was buried for me. He rose from the dead just for me and just for you. We all, in the light of God's love, God loves you, and I are. Amen? We are all in the light of God's love, all of us. He is worthy. He is worthy to be praised. He is so worthy to be praised. Listen, the goodness of Jesus brought me out from sin, from separation, from sickness, from darkness, from death, from eternal blackness, aloneness. Amen? He's brought us out of the darkness and shed his light of love on all of our lives. Praise not only for what he has done, but listen, praise for what he is doing. What is he doing in here? What is he doing at Hills Church? Look at this. Look at, what, look at what's going on. We're Hills Church now. God is growing a people, a kingdom. And he's, listen, he's equipping us to go out and to reach the lost no matter the cost in every way in our community and wherever we go, in the highways and the hedges. We compel people to come in, not necessarily to hear, but to God's kingdom through sharing Jesus Christ, the Savior. Are you doing that this morning? Lord, he is doing it. He is doing it. And also what he is going to do, not only what he's done but before, where he's delivered me from, what he's doing today, but what he is going to do in the future. Man, he is just preparing us as his people. We are chosen by him. We are with him. What he is going to do. Amen. My eyes have not seen, my ears have not heard, have not heard, and which has not entered into the heart of man, that all that God has prepared for those that love him. Man, we, have, we haven't even seen it yet. We haven't even heard it yet. But listen, we're prepared that whatever it is, whenever that time comes and he takes us out of here, listen, we, there's going to be, it's, gonna, it's undescribable, it's indescribable. And I want you to be part of what's going on. Reminds me of a song, man. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. I'm thinking, very deeply stained within, 
seeking to rise no more. It says, but the master, listen, of the sea, heard my despairing cry. And from the waters, what did he do? He lifted me. Now what? Safe am I. Isn't that awesome? Did Jesus do that for you? He died. He was buried. He rose for me. He rose for you. Thank God for what he's going to do. He brought us out of darkness into his what? Marvelous light. We're children of God, chosen by him. We're of a holy nation, a royal priesthood. He brought us out of darkness and brought us into his light. He forgave us. He washed all of our sins away. That's worth worshiping and celebrating. Amen? It is. Some of you may be here and you may not know who Jesus is as your Savior. It's my prayer today that you would trust Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you never trusted Jesus your Savior, listen, you've heard the gospel. He lived. He was perfect. He took your sin and mine on the cross 2,000 years ago. He shed his blood to wash away your every sin stain, past, present, and future. Ask him into your heart and life today, and he will save you right where you sit. Say, Jesus, I need a Savior. Lord, I'm so lost, I need you to save me. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you shed your blood for me, and Lord, that you rose from the dead just for me. Lord, I thank you for your unselfish sacrifice, your unconditional love for me. Lord, I didn't think anything. I would have no hope. Lord, I think nobody could that I've done so many wicked things, Lord, that there's no way God could ever remove them from my life. But Lord Jesus, you love me enough to leave heaven's glory come to earth for the purpose of living to die for your people. So Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't trust you, save me, that they say, Jesus, come into my heart this morning. I trust you with all I have and all that I am. Lord, I come to you today to save me from my sin this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for doing that. When the music fades, all is stripped away. I simply come longing just to bring something that's a word. That will bless your heart. I bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. Thank you.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for our time together this morning. We praise you, Lord, that we can shout Hosanna to your mighty name. And we can live here, Lord, to worship you in spirit and truth with every step that we take and every breath that we have. I thank you, Lord, for our time together. Lord, if there's someone here that made a decision to trust you as Savior, I pray, Lord, they would come to me and talk to me about their decision. Lord, if you touch hearts today, Lord, let us not forget, Father, Lord, what you're doing. Father, I give you praise and honor and glory. We thank you for those that are here. We thank you for all our folks watching online. And just pray, God, that we can worship you, Lord Jesus. You're worthy of our worship, worthy of our praise. And God, we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, a place to believe. That's who we are. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said what? Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. I love you. God bless you all.